decadently rich in a cluster of milk-white and dark chocolate chunks and finished with a base of smooth milk chocolate. Why not indulge yourself? Sainsbury's. Taste the difference. <laughs> Somebody uploaded it. Sounds like porn. <laughs> chocolate porn. <laughs> Yay! Welcome back, Fanables. This is Headful of Hannibal, your Baltimore-based Fanable podcast. This is Amy. I'm Jen. And we are back on track. (laughs) We bothered to get our acts together and get together um, to keep talking season two of Hannibal. It's slow going, but yeah, we're doing it. It's been a while. I was like, oh, yeah, we should totally get together and do an episode. Yeah, I had to look up our website to see where we were and... (laughs) Well, because we did the wrap up last yeah. time, we were off for off a while. Schedule. Yeah. Um, and then it just so happened that there was a bunch of really appropriate Tumblr posts like last night. I don't know if you saw the ones I, I reblogged that were no. um, through the uh, the mm, the creative group that I just forgot the name of. The Fanable Fanable Creative? The Fanables circle i talked about it last time oh that yeah fanable creative circle yes I'll, I'll link to the actual thing okay um somebody had put up a post or linked a post that is uh someone's making mittens mm-hmm. uh, color stranded mittens with bees on them a bee pattern wow and then somebody else had a um a post that ended up with the a gif of jimmy at the, I love bees. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, I gotta repost this. He's so great. He's he like, great. I love bees and cats, and I really don't like people. Yeah, <laughs> I identify but with all of these I'm things. I'm with you there. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh, we were. I, I was wondering if there was anybody doing a rewatch that was up to this episode, but hmm. I just think it was luck of the draw. Um, so we're here today, and we are drinking a cocktail I came up with to um, make up for Jen, the inadequately (laughs) mixed cocktail she had in London. Um, We went to On the Bab in Shoreditch, which was a uh, Korean restaurant, which had really good food. Delicious food. But had a feeling that maybe their regular uh, bartender drink maker was uh, on. It was some kid from high school. Yeah, (laughs) It was a a young looking guy who seemed like he was really doing his best to make cocktails yeah based on the menu but yeah so it was the honey was like a half an inch thing in the the bottom of the drink and clearly not supposed to be like that it was like a soju cocktail with honey and lemon and it did not work so i this one works thanks i tweaked it i made a honey lemon simple syrup added to soju and seltzer and a slice of lemon and some ice and it's soju is not tremendously alcoholic it's Mm -hmm. between beer and wine so um oh i never looked at the alcohol content of it i didn't know i always assumed it was pretty high i think it's i think people traditionally drink it neat Mm -hmm. um and like in shots Mm -hmm. so i think it can sneak up on you right I'm just thinking yeah. of Goblin. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I think if you're like sip, sipping it in a mixed drink, it's probably not. Mm-hmm. It reminds me maybe of like drinking Pims. Mm. 
Where if you like drink a pitcher of Pims on a sunny afternoon, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, whoa, that really hit me. Right. Um, but if you have like one glass and you're kind of like we did, I think that's what we had last time we recorded. It wasn't, yes. it didn't really hit us. Um, but if you've just had some terrible thing happen and you buy soju and sit outside of a convenience store on their plastic furniture and drink several bottles out using paper <laughs> cups, like then you're in trouble. Then, then you're going to end up get, having to get a piggyback ride home Aww. from your love interest that the two of you are denying that you're interested in each other. <laughs> How old was he? Your 1,000-year-old destined-to-be lover. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. actually wasn't in God. That was the uh, – she got drunk because it was her – she was old enough finally to drink. And she's mm-hmm. like, take me out. <laughs> I want to drink. But no, I have seen people drinking soju in front of a convenience store and then having to get a piggyback ride um, many times. Or like your uh, your your um, – senior or subordinate at work mm. <laughs> has to literally carry you home. <laughs> and, um, I'm like, that seems both nice. I'm like, I just really don't want to go there. So it's pretty refreshing and delicious. It is delicious. And Jen made us a beautiful snack plate. What are we having? Uh, <laughs> we are having, um, so it's goat cheese that's soaked in olive oil and um, hot peppers and on bread with fresh honeycomb. To tie into today's the episode. Theme, yes. Um, so it's very medicinal, you know, with all the hot peppers and fresh honeycomb. And then I made candied bacon um, with blue cheese and a slice of green apple, which is really delicious. I'm going to get there. Yeah. I was talking, so I didn't want to crunch in anybody's ears. I probably just did crunch in somebody's ears. You know, we totally sorry. ended up like, for a long time, we're like, we're going to snack before or after we record. And now mm. we're like, Pfft. We're just gonna eat in the middle of it. So anybody with misophonia, is that how it's pronounced? (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Um we'll try to lean away. And if you hear any uh loud crunching sounds, Ranger is enjoying a nice snack behind us. We gave him a bone, (laughs) so hopefully he'll keep his mouth shut through the entire recording. (laughs) Highly unlikely. Keep your doggy mouth shut. I know. He's trying. Um so we said we were talking about it before we started, but the Fanable Fest Toronto 2 Kickstarter wrapped up Yay! at over $41,000. That's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. We're going to point out, Jen did this on Twitter, but um, our friend Brooke was the one who pushed it over $40,000. Yep. So breakfast with daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got the screenshot and everything of it. So she's like, look what I just, just did. So yeah. if... uh. If if you want to give her a high five, she's Brooke the Maven on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jen convinced her to that she needs to come along. I did because we've been talking about this whole belly dance Hannibal performance for what, a year or two now? Two years? I, I think I was drunk the first time we talked about it. So I don't and the only time we're ever going to really actually get to perform it is if we all go to Fanable yeah. Fest and do it. So I really wanted her along. No, we could do it at the inappropriate Hofla, except everybody would be nobody sitting there would. like, whoa, what yeah, are you doing? Nobody would get it. It's not like the Avengers piece. No. But we need like the right audience. So Fanable Fest is definitely the right audience. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to... Right? Isn't that delicious combo? Mm-hmm. The bacon and the candy and the blue cheese. Yep. And gluten-free. <laughs> Not that I'm gluten-free, but, you know, somebody might be. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a we have a whole... Uh, I'm excited. We have a, I, Well, I keep being like, 
if I do any thematic belly dancing for Hannibal, part of me wants it to be super dramatic and parts of me wants it to be super funny. So I have to resolve those two parts of myself. Well, we'll have to see how this one comes out. I'm not really sure if it's going to be... I'm not really sure which way it's going to go yet. The original plans were really melodramatic and then got absurd. Mm -hmm. Knowing us, I'll probably get absurd. Mm -hmm. This is a good combo, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to listen to us eat for a minute. (laughs) Justin can cut this out if it's annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, We can write down. We can write it in further detail so people know if they didn't catch what we said. The honeycomb's good. Usually it's like too chewy for me. It it can remind me of those wax bottle candies when Mm -hmm. you're a kid. Well, um, I just don't like anything really sweet unless it's with something spicy. Mm. So that's why I thought the spicy goat cheese would go, and it does. Mm-hmm. I could eat a whole sandwich out of this. When we, when hell freezes over and we finish this podcast, we should do a food podcast. <laughs> um, what, oh, that reminds me. Did you see that? Um, I didn't know this, and I didn't see it listed in IMDb. Did you see Shape of Water? Mm-mm. Oh, there's a whole thing with pies in it, and there's like a like pie restaurant sort of diner that has these like insane looking kind of Technicolor and pies, and Janice, Janice did, did the them. pies, yeah. And I, I knew was, that part. <laughs> I was like, I knew there was something familiar about how weird they were. <laughs> yeah, because she posted there was one she did with like multicolored Jello chunks suspended in some sort of whipped cream. Mm-hmm. Which just looked bonkers. I'd eat that shit. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of those nougat candy, the Brock's nougat candies you can get where they're, you know, when yeah. it's like, like the pick-a-mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or those I've- countertops that you see out of recycled materials. Yes. Yep. Same thing. It's totally like both candy and resin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, this is brilliant. I want to make that pie. No, you should go see that movie. It was, it was good. Is it, if it's still out? Um, I'll probably catch it on the whatever the, the television the thing Guillermo del Toro I love the look of his stuff but I've never been swept away by any of the storylines of mm. his movies ever so I'm not a super fan there's of I, his I think I feel like there's parts of his movies that I really intensely like right but overall like I'm thinking Hellboy 2 mm-hmm. I loved the dynamic of the brother and sister mm-hmm. and 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 her with Abe Sapien. Mm-hmm. But like Hellboy 2 is not a film where I'm like, I am dying to see that. But there's certain scenes and certain interactions and dialogue and stuff yes. that are really... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like his stuff is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And at certain points, it's like, oh my God, this is the most atmospheric, beautiful thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, So I'm slowly catching up on all of the Academy Award stuff. Um, and... Yeah, I, that's like kind of last on my list because of that. Mm-hmm. I did watch Call Me by Your Name, which I can't stop thinking about. So you have to. Have I want to see that. that. Is it on Amazon? Uh, yeah, Netflix? you can rent it on Amazon. Okay. Um, you have to watch that movie. I want to see it, and I had Holy first heard about God. it through Overinvested because they were like, "Oh crap!" And when the two of them are like both really, it love is something. amazing. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, am I gonna that's- cry? You will cry. Okay. I did. I just I, have to be prepared. <laughs> I was weeping at the end of it. Mm. And I watched it a second time and cried again. Mm. <laughs> That's the Gen 2 cry <laughs> stamp of approval. Yes. Um, oh, man. And it makes you want to go to Italy. Like, already, we want to go to Italy because we're fanables and mm-hmm. Florence and the whole thing. This will doubly make you want to go to Italy. 
I could do that. For like the summer. Mm. Yeah. Like a whole summer. Yeah. And the, well, and I won't say too much about the movie. Other than that, what's really, really great about it is it's this intense love story. And at no point did you have to deal with the gay martyr thing mm. where something horrible happened to them because they were in a gay relationship or a family member had an issue with it. None of that ever happened. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's somebody is dying or what yeah none of it oh that's nice yeah excellent i felt kind of that way about like carol went there and pulled back i mean Mm. it didn't it's bittersweet but Mm -hmm. it didn't no if i remember correctly nobody died and nobody's lives were like terribly ruined Mm -hmm. but it is sad in points good movie I was like holding back from watching it for that reason, and then right. I really liked it. The um, yeah, I mean, this movie will just like no matter who you are or what kind of relationships you've had, it'll bring up whatever like that, like first really big love in your life oh. was. It'll totally bring up all that stuff. Oh yeah, crying. <laughs> I'm crying inside just thinking about it. Um, but Shape of Water also is set in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and I was like, huh, no, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. Though it did remind did you ever go to the Orpheum? Mm-hmm. So the um the main character and her best friend live over a a theater that I think is called the Orpheum. Mm-hmm. Much bigger than the one that was in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me like so intensely of being of going there and um and seeing, you know, strange right. artsy yeah. movies like late at night in this theater down in Fells Point. That I I did like that part, but there was other things where I was like, um, it's mm. all his stuff is so stylized. It's really in yeah. a way out of out of place and time, right? It's another alternate universe, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Um, with canals, <laughs> <laughs> and then well, there's hidden tunnels that Hannibal yes. took. So of course, there's also canals. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All, all sorts around. of highways and byways in Baltimore. <laughs> well, you could barely drive on the streets because of the potholes. So, <laughs> um, so to keep going, with Hannibal content. Um, <laughs> I wanted. I'm going to link to their um, Moon Dancer. Roe had put a tweet out last month, uh, tagging. I can't actually remember what her Twitter name is, but it's Lori Morimoto, mm-hmm. and asking. Do you uh, have any kind of overall listing of all the ACA and meta for Hannibal oh, stuff? Yeah. So Lori linked to a lot of really interesting looking right. articles she had and a great essays and stuff. Twitter thread yeah. about all of that. Yeah. And so I'm going to link to that if anybody is looking for that stuff. I did not have time to read a bunch of it because I have a lot. I've been reading actual books <laughs> and watching lots of dramas. Um, I had, I had let my fix pile up but i did have a couple that i i read recently um ship hits the fan did the did one called this can be her entrance which was rewriting the show as if alana mm-hmm. was the chesapeake ripper as oh. the hannibal character and mm-hmm. uh, margo as the sort of unstable will character mm. and goes through picking scenes from all three seasons but only writing them in five sentences wow mostly dialogue hmm. it goes through so i mean it was a really cool way to like i i like the fact that it it was an au and reimagined but i liked that that gave it a really concise way of writing about it mm-hmm. um 
And there was some dialogue, but it wasn't all totally over. It wasn't just like uh, uh, swapped characters. Uh huh. There was other stuff written, so it was really good. Hmm. Um, and I think I've mentioned it before. Um, Pragnificent's attachment, which is one of the um, Hannibal's still a killer, but not the Chesapeake Ripper, and meets Will, who has completely like pieced out of the FBI and has a son, mm-hmm. um, who he he didn't know that he had, and is uh, you know meets later and is taken care of as a child and traumatized. And I think it's like a 16 chapter. Oh. So it was really good because they're still very much them mm-hmm. in this different situation. Because I really like that stuff when they're it's not fluffed out. Yeah. Fluff is fun. Um, but it's still, you know, Hannibal's a little dangerous. And so um, the writer said that they are probably going to end up making it a series because people liked it so much. Oh, wow. Um, and also, I'll link, they put together a playlist for it. So oh, it looked cool. like it had some good songs. And I was like, I like when people do this sort of multimedia yeah, fic- experience. I do too. <laughs> like here, if you liked this, you're also going to like all this other stuff. <laughs> I still go back and listen to the raw playlist on Spotify uh-huh. when I want to like be in my Hannibal feelings. <laughs> yes. I just need to listen to all these angsty songs. Yes. There's a couple on there that don't work for me. Things like Smashing Pumpkins, because I don't like Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, there's probably some I skip um, over. There's... I... Um, who... Is it a Kesha song or something? That's like... I'm not really into novelty music a lot, <laughs> so it kind of pushes oh, that button I for me. Oh, Boys for Breakfast yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like... Mm. Yeah, but that... The Mountain Goat song that's on there is like my ultimate... Oh, Hanagram song ever. Oh, yeah. It's the not... No, no Children one. Yeah. Yeah. I have to listen. I have to actually listen to the lyrics. I still... I can't remember again who it was who was like, basically, all Mountain Goat songs could be used as prompts for fix and then as titles <laughs> for fix and as quotes within them. Probably, yes. <laughs> um, I think from that list... Oh, I really liked... Um, which is a song I'd heard before. There's the... Phosphorescent? Is that the band? Mm-hmm. There's a really good song by them. Um, yeah, I still listen to that. It's still in my heavy rotation. It's one of the few that I've downloaded ah. because I the space isn't great on my phone. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what I want to, I was like, this one will make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I used it on our trip. I, I did listen to the uh, the Devil's Symphony. Yeah. I was like, I need relaxing music on the plane. <sighs> it's not working. Uh, did you have anything, any other stuff before we get into the episode? Um. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I did. So I know this was posted about on Twitter recently, but just in case people missed it, there was a, um extra Brian Fuller interview with the podcast Who Shot Ya? Um, it's part of the Maximum Fun Drive. So basically, you have to pay $5 to pledge to get that extra bonus content. Um. And because I already listened to Judge John Hodgman on a regular basis and have not pledged to them, I was like, well, <laughs> this is the time to do that. Um, so I did. And um, it was a really good interview. A lot of it um, were, was him talking about just television in general and how they watch TV and what he likes and um, a lot of Star Trek stuff. Um, and not too much Hannibal until the very end when they had a question about season four and where he was with that. So he talked a bit about it. Um, and 
basically was like, uh, I don't think we're going to get Clarice. It's been back and forth. And at this point, if I do it, I would probably be like, basically my fanfic because they're not <laughs> he said they're not letting him use any of the he said stuff. mgm said to them no we still want to use clarice without hannibal for something and he was like they're gonna fuck it up yeah he was like that's stupid <laughs> <laughs> because that's the point in the same way that you wouldn't want hannibal without will you don't want him without clarice or will without hannibal yeah yeah i don't don't know it's the tension of the dynamic it's like thor and loki i don't care about either of them like okay i do i like both of them on their own but the together is that together thing i mean it's like yeah you need you can't do clarice starling and not have hannibal so apparently mgm's holding out on them or at least that was his last update that's shitty um so yeah i was like well yeah overall it's uh, um it was a really funny uh vibrant beautiful interview as you know brian usually gives so have you listened to that justin no no justin has not listen to the um the one with the dogs what's that the one with the dogs it was i'm I'm not even on mic so i was gonna cut this out (laughs) (laughs) oh is it can i pet your dog is that the podcast no it was the one that you heard uh david slate on Mm, mm-hmm. The um, movie crypts, right? There was part of their uh, there was part of their forty eight hour donatathon, and they ended up for like a day and a half. So it was just very poor talking to the dog. Like, oh, oh like right, dog and kisses from the dog. And like, yeah. I was making out with your dog for thirty minutes on air. <laughs> I mean, dog makeouts. Who doesn't like that? <laughs> I do not make out with my dog. <sighs> he is dog breath. <laughs> um, okay, so episode recap. Episode recap. Takiyawase? Sure. I didn't listen to any pronunciations, but I saw somebody write it out somewhere. That's good enough, right? right? Uh Uh-huh. Which, as part of the Kaiseki meal, is uh, vegetables served with meat, fish, or tofu. But the thing is that they're all cooked separately before they're combined. Hmm. Um, And another page I saw said that it is uh, like a mild course. Um, to to emphasize seasonal and thematic parts of the meal. I really want to eat one of these meals once. I know. You kind of have to go to Japan, though, right? Yeah. I have to go to Japan. I have to save up some money for mm-hmm. both the Japan and the meal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get less elaborate ones and still good. People are like, you can get, you know, fairly like kind of pared down versions that I don't know how to pronounce it. R- Ryokans? They're kind of like inns. I think in the oh, countryside, uh-huh. and I think usually f- it's kind of like a B and B almost. It sounds mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Um, it's like the English breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I I would want to go the full. I'm like, it's the thing. If I'm in Japan, I'm going to do the whole thing, right? <laughs> if I'm somewhere, I'm not going to half-ass it. Yeah, I'm going to do all the stuff. Um, so. We start off with Will and Abigail in the stream. <laughs> Aw. Will talking so to Abigail, a.k.a. himself. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so sad. And again, this is the first episode I watched after the con. And I was having, again, that that like a double vision of the watching the actor and the character mm-hmm. versus having met the person. Mm-hmm. So it's like even more like awesome to see like what... Casey Roll's doing as Abigail. Right. 
Yeah. Because she is totally different. Mm-hmm. She is. She is, in fact, acting. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing how these people we who are actors <laughs> can act. But it was just the... Um, I appreciate more now, too, like, just from rewatching how she's both, like, the sort of slyness that she brings to Abigail, but it's not... Like, it's there, but it's not played up. Yeah. It's sort of imbued into the character. There's You're this, right. There's, like, a yeah. subtleness to it where you're like, so is she innocent or is she not innocent? <laughs> and also, in this scene, you're seeing it as Will's memory and projection. Right. Yeah. And um, Will has made her a precious thing. Yeah. Well... First of all, I have to say, <laughs> I label this as Bass Pro Will. <laughs> that is a Bass Pro outfit if I ever saw one. There is Head no stretch toe. fabrics Nope, in that outfit. Probably like 20 pockets. Many pockets. But yeah, the idea he gave, made her a precious thing. And he's like, I cherish you. But I'm like, you don't even know her. Right. Like, you, you, you only know the idea of her. Right. Well, Hannibal has fed him this vision of mm-hmm. her being their daughter that he's kind of incorporated now and then also it gives him an excuse to live out his dark will revenge stuff mm. because like that's his catalyst like that's yeah. how he says oh it's all okay for me to do awful things because it's retribution for so her. yeah but I uh I'm oh, sorry. Are you on a piece of beeswax? <laughs> yes, I had a piece of beeswax <laughs> in my teeth. <laughs> Cut that one right out. Um, and the, like, I'm sure his illness, like, heightened everything. But I'm also like, man, you got to be logical. Like, you got to really think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it was still sad. Yeah. It still made me very sad. Um. And then there's Bev talking to Will in his cell. And I'm like, stop. Could you stop Stop talking about this? Stop with the hand. Stop. I know we are hurtling towards the inevitable. Mm-hmm. Please stop. I know. Bev is just too good. Mm-hmm. Too good for that damn show. I know. And I'm like, the whole thing. And I'm like, Will, you're being a dick. Mm-hmm. But you think you're doing right. But are you telling her to stop because you want her to stop? Or you're saying stop so that she'll do it? And I know because... He's worked with Beverly Katz enough to know that she's not going to stop. She's not going to stop. The minute you give her information, she's going to go to the conclusion because that's the person she is. Mm -hmm. Right? Until like the moment she sees the meat in the fridge and Mm -hmm. says, gotcha, Mm -hmm. that's the person she is. So I'm, yeah, I'm kind of like, hmm. I I don't know, Will. (laughs) I said, Justin, I think Bev falls under my competency kink. (laughs) She's very good at her job. Um. Then it's the whole revealing of our murder of the week. Oh, my God. So gross. So gross and so great. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I see that, the the scene of them at the crime scene and Jack walking in and doing the whole banter with mm-hmm. the, the the science guys, um, I, can, I can only see the blooper of that. Do you remember the blooper of it? I know I've seen it. I, can't, I remember the blooper in... <laughs> they're like I think in the lab but I don't remember no the there's scene. one there where they're on the scene and um and Aaron Abrams is trying to get his line out which is basically 
describing what's going on with the bees and the guy and the head and the thing. So he does the line, but he's like half giggling about it. And Jack Crawford goes, what? (laughs) And like everybody bursts into laughter. Which is what you respect. What the fuck? When somebody says crazy shit like you, you're like, what happened? He's like, yeah, yeah. The only thing I can think about is the the tape. The, the, The blooper reel. The blooper one, but... It is so bananas. Um, yeah. It was just, well, it's also the, it just, that one just kind of grossed me out because it's just like the whole beehive and everything is, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm shaking my head around going, no, 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 <laughs> as I say this. But they only show that because then we go over to Chilton and Will. I was like, God, Chilton is such a bitch. Mm-hmm. And again, Will is just running Chilton around in circles. Yes. And he doesn't realize it because he's so full of himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, no idea. And I was like, this is the whole, I mean, it ties right back into the beginning is Will is using himself as bait. And and I said also, my the description I wrote for myself here is, is that he's whoring out his brain. He's ah. like, here's my brain. Mm-hmm. You can have it. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing he's really got. Right. Well, mm-hmm. later, so later on, he he gives Chilton the okay to give him the sodium pentothal and do that mm-hmm. whole thing, like basically to try and figure out what Hannibal did to him. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, he's got his own motivations. Yeah. Yeah. But I am. He's like, this is... I want to get something, but all I've got is me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of... Chilton's like, yes. <laughs> His yes. tasty, delicious brain. Mm. <laughs> and then the scene with Bella and Hannibal. I love all oh, their scenes. Oh, my God. This. There's so many layers to them. I, I love their scenes so much. And their relationship of like... I personally think Hannibal really likes Bella. Mm-hmm. And I think he respects her. Yeah. And I think he both respects and doesn't respect Jack. And that is like all their interactions. Because this is just the scene where they're looking at the, um, they're looking at the art book Mm -hmm. and they're talking. And just the, like, I think Hannibal feels bad for Jack at the same time he wants to take Jack down. Mm -hmm. And I think he both respects Bella at the same time he wants to use her to get to Jack. Right. Right. Yeah. And all that is so complicated. Mm-hmm. But I I do at the core of it feel like Hannibal always likes Bella. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I it's I I would have loved to see even more scenes with him. I know that probably wouldn't have been good for television. But yeah. there's like there's something really amazing about the two of them mm-hmm. kind of having conversations with each other. Well, and there was like a <sighs> Like, a, um, I mean, I, f- I feel like it's the kind of like outs- outside of all this stuff, if Hannibal was normal or if it was like the FBI, right. I was like, oh, like these people would have been friend friends. And- yeah. Well, and I mean, especially when you think about like Jack being on the same level as Hannibal in a way, as far as like a power player and that Bella could deal with that with Jack, mm-hmm. that Hannibal probably you know, like that's where the respect came in. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you could probably like deal with me too. Like you could deal with my yeah. well, level she, of craziness. She seems to kind of cut through his bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and oddly enough, I think Hannibal really values um, 
that kind of extreme mm-hmm. honesty around the big stuff like life and death. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. she has this very uh unostentatious like elegance mm-hmm. and and everything about her that's yeah. I think he likes as opposed to, you know, like the people he surrounds himself with who seem very like flamboyant and obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's flamboyant in a way, but it's in that way that's like it's like old money versus new money. Yeah. But with her it's like not a money thing. It's yeah. just who she is. Um I yeah, I put that I don't I think he doesn't want to lose a person that he likes. Um I think he likes that Bella can see that that balance between death and life mm-hmm. that he really enjoys. Mm-hmm. I, I, sadly, it's at you know the expense of her own life, but it's for someone else to be able to see that kind of thing. Um, and I wondered then when they're talking about the Socrates, mm-hmm. it made me wonder if Hannibal, in his own perverse way, sees like the death he gives out is like a cure. Like he almost oh, is like, yeah. you know, the people that he kills are almost like a, a sickness themselves. Like not that he's oh, curing sure them, he but he's curing. I mean, he's yeah. a doctor. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely sure he does. Because I think he thinks, um, you know, they're not humans, right? They're no. like beneath that. So he's just cleaning up stuff. Yeah. By taking them out. Yeah. But I... uh yeah, there was just this, I felt like they were, there was like a nice even footing between the two of them mm-hmm. in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And that was like a really good conversation, the sense of like, it felt like one of those things that could be thought of as unnecessary in a different show. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really good because it's, I think one of those things that makes Hannibal's character less, like, less one-sided. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you you put like I, you can put all of the characters that are on a sort of even playing field with Hannibal on one level, like Jack and Bella and Will, and then you drop down a level and you look at like uh, Alana Chilton, Alana Chilton, and then drop down another level and you have like your Franklins, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or Franklin. <laughs> but then there's that interesting middle level of people who think. They're on Hannibal's level and they're not. And they're like, they're playing a game that's like, yeah, it's not going to yeah. work out for you. But but that top level is really, really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like his conversations with Jack and Will and Bella, um, like reveal more of, I think, who he actually mm-hmm. is than any others. I think sometimes what he says to the, the people below that mm-hmm. are, they seem more revealing, but they're more yeah. of a show. Yeah. For him, like... And Mason, who really thought he was on level. Mason's <laughs> just a fucking idiot. Um, then we're back to, this is the investigation of the Viva. And I was like, how did Scott Thompson say anything in this episode with a straight face? Like, that is, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, that, like, he's like, this is super exciting. I'm trying to remain professional. <laughs> It's so. It's all about bees. I'm so excited. It's all about bees. That was so funny. And that's just kind of a weird. It was a weird scene in the sense of like, here's all of your exposition. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. 
I think at this point, a lot of the how did shit happen is gets real perfunctory. They're like, let's just make this real short and to the point. Yeah, they're like, yeah, so this stuff happens in any way. Like, yeah. we found this out. So now we're moving on. <laughs> um, and then it's Bev and Hannibal with the autopsy. On a muralist. And I said, is this the scene where um, Hetty and Park said that she was like breaking out in a sweat? Yeah. Because this is when, um, if if everybody has the DVDs, there's the um, track and it's her and it's Hetty and Park and Brian Fuller um, talking about the episode. And she says during the scene, she's like, I'm sweating. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to have a scene with Mads Mickelson. What am I going to do? It's so intimidating. You're going to act <laughs> like your life depends on it. Well, you can never tell. Um, it, it's first off, I, I, I feel like. There is a little glimmer to Bev in this of the intensity of Hannibal and Will's relationship from the Hannibal side of it as opposed to just the Will side of it. Hmm. Just the way there was something about like from what Hannibal was saying and the way she was taking it in. It felt like the, oh, this is maybe not such a one-sided like Will's obsessed with taking this guy down kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Talking about the hierarchy, like, I don't think Bev thinks she's on par Mm -hmm. with Hannibal. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what trips her up Mm -hmm. in some way. Because she's, I don't even want to say she's trusting, but she just says too much. Yeah. She's way too trusting. And I actually think that he, I think he likes her too. Like, Mm -hmm. I think he finds her competent Mm -hmm. and all. Um, But you got to take everybody out. It gets in your way. Yeah. He gave her some big uh, clues, though. Like that, the whole scene was like, "Well, if you look deeper than the <laughs> hint, 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 everything he says is like that." Um. Then we're into the um. This is the whole scene with Chilton and Will and the. Sodium. Pep. Oh my oh. god, that's terrible. Ugh. Every time they show him having a seizure, I'm like, Fuck. oh my god. Did you read Brand on Fire? I haven't I read it, it yet. Um. Well, it was interesting because he talks about oh, could light therapy mm-hmm. induce seizures? And Chilton's like, oh, in photosensitive epileptics, I mm-hmm. think. And the mm-hmm. woman in that book, she ended up in an epilepsy ward because they were like, you're having seizures. Mm. Um. And it just reminded me of like the misdiagnosis and, yeah. and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but that that was the thing where I actually pardon me for just a moment. Okay, sorry. I know I had something in all capital letters later on, and I was like, <laughs> what was that point? Okay. Um but just that yeah, to like see, I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, this is fucking horrifying. And, it, you know, it also, it, it feels like a betrayal as a person who's watching the show because that whole first season was Will and Hannibal sitting together, drinking wine, talking about stuff. And yeah, you knew Hannibal was who Hannibal was, yeah. but you, 
like for me, like watching, I was like, okay, so this is it. There's like this relationship here between the two. And there's like such a betrayal to see behind the scenes. Oh, here's what he was also doing to Will during those sessions, mm-hmm. like having him in seizures and drugging him up and like leading him on. It's like, it's fucking awful. Hannibal's the fucking worst. <laughs> the fucking worst. <laughs> Hannibal, you're the worst. The worst. We still love you, but you're the worst. Um, and every way, every, I was like, every time Chilton says unorthodox or unorthodox <laughs> therapy, I'm like, that sounds like a kink. <laughs> like, it sounds like it might be your thing, Chilton. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really be your thing. like, I want to um, do unorthodox therapy with a you. unorthodox, a step too mm. far. I was like, God. Um, and then Chilton, who has no cool, he is so like, bound to say he's no chill. And he's basically like, blah, 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 Hannibal. Like, here's what I did. Here's what I found out. Like, if you think somebody is crazy ass enough to do that shit to their patients, like you button that up. Like, yeah, you don't be like, I know you did crazy shit to your patients. Yeah, I was watching this last night. That's why I tweeted like, yeah, well, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, Jen and I are watching it at the same time without planning. I'm sorry, but I canceled your appointment with Will Graham. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude's dead. <laughs> because he doesn't understand that actually the better thing to say probably would have been Will Graham canceled his appointment with right. you. Because yeah, that would he, have been more interesting yes. to see what happened. Yeah, yeah, he has but. put himself under my care. Mm-hmm. As because Chilton's so like, <laughs> like, look yeah. at me, I'm in charge. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, no, you're not in charge at all. <sighs> yeah. Um, I just had a note to myself that no, Hannibal doesn't want to help anyone. <laughs> he doesn't want to help anybody. And I think he actually, is this where Chilton says, like, he says something about Hannibal having patients who've killed people. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to think who it is at this point. Well, Bedelia. But nobody, I mean, the party line is not that she killed that guy, but that he choked on his own tongue. But apparently, yeah, there's some other history of him having questionable patience. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and this then it's on to the scene with Jack and Bella <laughs> smoking weed, which I, of course, because oh, I get hung up on details, I'm like, was medicinal marijuana legal in DC at that time? Oh, no. Mm-mm. So, because she talks about getting at a dispensary. Whoops. Oops. Look, folks, we're not in California. <laughs> Actually, it's legal now, and it was DC first, DC and was now first. in Maryland, just Maryland's recently. Medically, it's legal. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the time, I was like, wait, where's Bella getting this from? <laughs> it's certainly not Northern Virginia. Nope. Yeah. Um, but I do, like, I say that I really like her practical approach. Like, to me, that's very comforting. Mm-hmm. And poor Jack is just in denial. Yeah. And and it's like, that's only going to make things worse. I can't help seeing those scenes and realizing that they're married in real life at that point and they were going to get a divorce like two years down the road Mm -hmm. i thought that was really interesting to then have played out like her death and they're being apart and then they're really apart yeah well i when i when i saw it there they were still together and Mm -hmm. i was like 
I mean, it's probably hard to do this anyway. It must be really hard to do this playing opposite your spouse. Mm-hmm. Like, because you get that overlay of thinking about what if this happens in real life? Yeah. Um, I know I was super sad when I heard that they split. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I love them. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to stay together if they're not happy. But it made me very sad. Um, and just the affection and mm-hmm. everything that they bring to the scene. Oh, my God. It's so great. I know. It's the only time I like Jack. I know. That's the thing. I'm like, Jack, <laughs> look at you can be not an asshole. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Just with Bella. Well, and I wonder, too, if it's the thing of being a man of a certain age mm-hmm. and a black man in a government job. Mm-hmm. During a certain time is like, you have to put this persona forth. You have to mm-hmm. wall off parts of yourself. You, yeah. All those sorts of things you have to do right. in order to get somewhere and get ahead. And, yeah. you know, and like women have to do the same thing mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. you have to not be you in order to be seen as your professional self. Right. I just think all that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, and then we flip over to... Jimmy, like, being smart again, <laughs> talking about bees. <laughs> and- I love that he was sort of, like, channeling Brian Fuller's own obsession with bees, yes. <laughs> which is clearly, you know, I mean, there's the whole bee thing in um, uh, the show that I just forgot the name of, Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies. Yes. There was the whole bee murder yes. and the hive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he... Yeah, he clearly loves bees. I wonder so. if Scott Thompson was like, so talk to me about bees, Brian. Yeah. And I just like channeled everything that he said in the like expression and excitement. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling there must have been some sort of transference happening yes. there. I just love how they're like him and like how um uh Seller Price, like they're just such a team. Like mm-hmm. they just play each- off each other so well. Yeah. The actors play off each other. Yeah, they're really great chemistry. If they come back to Fanable Fest, that'd be great. Yeah. We would love it. Um, and then they go to the bee lady's house, which I love her house. I was like, that's the like oversized row house kind of place I always dream of living in. jars of stuff. And, and the and, windows. And, and uh, uh, played by Amanda Plummer. Who, okay, tell me about her because I'm not super familiar. With um, her. she's amazing. Um, you have, have you ever seen The Prophecy? <laughs> the Prophecy starring, uh, uh, what's his name? Christopher Walken, and as an avenging angel. Yes, I have. Is Eric Stoltz in that? Yes, yes, Eric Stoltz is in that. It's such a good campy movie because also Amanda Plummer is in it. She's um she's the person that uh Gabriel the angel brings back to life, and she's basically like a walking zombie corpse to mm. do his bidding. And um, she's got, like, maggots falling out of her, and, like, she's a mess. Uh-huh. And Amanda Plummer plays her, and it's, she's really I, I swear I saw that in the theater, yeah. which I never see movies like that in the theater. Um, I mean, look, I looked up her Wikipedia, uh-huh. and it is long and extensive. And she's amazing. one of these great character actors that you don't, like... I can't remember every, every movie she's been in, because she's been in so many, yeah. and she just kind of blends in. But she's fabulous. I mean, she's probably most famous for um, Pulp Fiction, her scene in Pulp Fiction, in the diner in the beginning with Tim Roth. Oh, that's her. Honey Bunny. That's her. Yeah. I should just watch that scene because I don't really need to watch Pulp Fiction again. No. But, and she always plays these off kilter, crazy women 
And that, yeah, that's why I love her. Well, she really nails <laughs> that earthy yet completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. And I... This is actually the so the this is the first scene with her and her patient and Fisher King huh Fisher King she was the love interest for she's the love interest in the Fisher King I haven't seen that in a long time see this is the mark of a good character actress yes thanks producer Justin well I when I looked her up and I I looked up her extensive filmography Mm -hmm. a lot of the, the some of the stuff that popped out was things she did in the 80s and that's I was born in 75 so stuff in the early to mid 80s is a little earlier usually than I remember seeing mm-hmm. or didn't see I didn't see like grown-up movies then right and there's like good stuff I want to go back and you watch. should rewatch the prophecy because also Vigo Mortensen plays Lucifer oh yeah but I just remember liking I I had a thing for Eric Stoltz when I was younger <laughs> Eric so. Stoltz was also beautiful in that Red, but Vigo Mortensen as Lucifer and the oh yeah that's a different level of mm-hmm. beautiful and the Norwegian Mads Mikkelsen mm. <laughs> They have been, pictures have been taken when they're in the same space, so you know that they are separate people. Yes. And I also love Christopher Walken. He's, mm-hmm. um, but she, like, watching the scene, I was like, this makes me never want to go to any sort of holistic, like, dog person yeah. ever, because she just has that, like, compassionate, like, craziness mm-hmm. that, of which, <laughs> this is a side conversation, but... Um, a group of it on Facebook got in a, it's, it's a group where yelling is allowed, heated discussion is allowed, and mm-hmm. there was an entire heated discussion about um, people saying that they want stuff without chemicals. Mm-hmm. And all the logical folks are like, everything is chemicals. And someone got <laughs> mad because they're like, you know what that means. It's people who are, you know, might have illnesses where they're trying to avoid stuff. And other people are like, you need to be specific. Right. And then I chimed in with like, if we can't criticize people for saying these things, does that mean I can't make fun of goop folk anymore? Uh, and then I had to like put up links for people because they didn't know what goop was. Uh-huh. And I was like, you, you can't make up this kind of weird shit. Um, Some weird shit. And, you know, being in the witchcraft community, and so... <laughs> you know weird shit. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, there's always, like, the the edge of New Age belief stuff also. Um, is there... I've had that uh, that experience of talking to someone that you think is pretty grounded, and then all of a the sudden they say something absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> like, well, of course, the, uh, you know, alien overlords are trying to just like... What? <laughs> okay, so bye. <laughs> I'm just gonna go talk to some logical folks now. At the same time, I believe in some wacky shit, so yeah. I don't know, but you know. Well, and you know, I was like, I know people who are like, you know, into Reiki mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. grow herbs to make stuff, but also are like, yay. My antidepressants right. are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and if anybody, I said goop, that is Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle thing. Yeah. Which is, oh, there's a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit <laughs> happening there. It's oh, it's a way for her and Incredible people she likes to make money. Um, and, oh, Ranger came to say hi. Mm-hmm. You could, if he sidles up next to you, feel free to pet him. Okay. I think he poked me. On the leg. Oh, that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, Start at his shoulders, move up to his very soft ears. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that it's 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 another kind of creepy. Absolutely, like it's another kind of horror creepy 
Yeah. And I think it's like anybody in the same way. Like her treatment is unorthodox. Like Hannibal's is like when people are that have that conviction, <laughs> that unerring conviction yeah. that what they're doing is right. It can be really scary. Yeah. Um, she did a great job, even though I'm not very well versed in her other stuff. I liked her. Is she doing? Has he put her in American Gods at all? I don't know. But now that he's not there, oh, true. Yeah, she would have been great. I know. Um. I pardon me for a moment. But then this is another Hannibal episode that kind of like wraps up the killer of the week thing early on. <laughs> oh yeah, because okay, that's like, what my note was. Yeah. My pen I had to go through three pens. My pen quit in the middle of taking notes, so I had to go through three. But to it get is restarted. like, okay, so anyways, that's a killer, so bye. Yeah. Great. <laughs> well, I just like the whole interaction in It, it, like when they go finally go to her house because first they're like they realize like okay all of these bee stings are on her mm-hmm. lines for acupuncture and I was like yay go competent sassy science and they go to their house and I love how they're like <laughs> Like, they don't actually have to do much. Like, they sort of ask some questions, and she just goes with it. And it was all in the reaction shots. It was all, like, the – just, like, the looks at each other Mm -hmm. and everything. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is so – I love watching people be like that. Um, But to go back, so – Will's in his cell, Mm -hmm. and he is mentally reliving – the scene when he has the seizure mm. in Hannibal's dining room. Right, he sees it with Gideon there outside his cell. Which, which like, my happening. Like, practical point was: Did they like build that? Was it? Did they use camera work, or what did they do to like get so he walks out of his cell into the dining room? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really liked that shot. I um, do. I love that, and I I really like seeing things like seeing scenes redone and reframed. Which is actually something I really like in, um, uh, and like the, the dramas that I watch, a lot of times they will reshow scenes and they will add dialogue that you didn't see before, oh. change perspective and stuff, which is, I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in the Korean dramas? Yeah, I've seen it in a couple where sometimes they'll like redo stuff. And it can feel a little filler until you realize, mm-hmm. wait, I didn't hear those three lines of dialogue. Yeah, they did time. that in Goblin. And yeah. that was the first Korean drama that I watched. And I was really confused at first. And uh-huh. then I yeah, I had the same reaction. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Because nobody has the same experience of an experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, I'm sure there's like a practical thing to it, too, where mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we need to pad out a little. Let's add mm-hmm. something here. But um, I, yeah, I liked the stuff where like when Hannibal kind of looks off to the side in the original one, this time, it feels to Will like he's be- – memory Will is right. being looked at. Mm-hmm. And I was so <laughs> – not that our entire podcast leads up to this point, but I was so glad to see this because I couldn't remember from originally watching it exactly when he caught on that Hannibal was the Chesapeake Ripper. Oh. Because – the viewer knows the whole time. Right. So the reveal for us is not as traumatic as it mm-hmm. is for Will. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I think I just kind of rolled with it. Yeah. So this time I was like, oh, shit, this is where it is. Oh, like right yeah. here. Like, oh, shit, I realized we're now where he realizes he's the copycat. Mm-hmm. And I think it, what I'd done when I originally watched it was compressed those two. So mm-hmm. I thought Will realized everything earlier. Yeah. But it wasn't until. Well, in this one, too, he's got the whole, like, he's eating people reveal, mm-hmm. too, which I thought was so funny. I'm like, really? You just figured that part out? Yeah. But I guess from his perspective. I, I think from his perspective, like, Hannibal was, like, just fucking with the FBI. And then he's like, oh, this is way bigger. Right. Than I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. And grosser. <laughs> um. <laughs> And the fact that he reframed the he's eating people part, like he thinks of, I think, only stuff from episode one. He thinks about the the ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he thinks about the breakfast, mm-hmm. which was the very, which, yes, which is a very <laughs> intimate meal yeah. because he's eaten at Hannibal's after that, but it was more of a production. Right. I think he's eaten there. I think he's been over for dinner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's like that sort of sense of betrayal was that like friendly overture, mm-hmm. and he like that mm. sort of uh uh yeah the disgust and the betrayal and everything laid over. Yeah, I guess when you look back at this episode from Will's perspective, um, like no wonder he like then his next step is I'm gonna kill Hannibal mm-hmm. because there's he's so- horrific. Yeah, there's so much betrayal that happens on every level. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be my friend. He fed me people. He wanted to be my therapist. He fed drank me, me up and <laughs> fed me people. Fed me people. <laughs> lies yes. and lies and lies. Um, and he realizes this, and then he's like, "Bev, stay the fuck away." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which then I, as I I put here, I was like, now. Will is the bait for Hannibal right. to get Bev because Hannibal's realized that Bev's on to something mm-hmm. and that's like the best bait he has for her. And I'm like, oh, I'm no, Bev. I know. No. Um, and they, um, Oh, this is the other half of the the bee lady when they go to her house. There is there's only like the two scenes with yeah, her. Yeah, that's it. That is it. I do just look at the reaction shot. They're like, you know, they're like looking at Jack like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jack's like, just roll with it. <laughs> just let her. I mean, and the fact that she's like, she doesn't, she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I did this. Little people. I'm doing the best thing. And Same I was like, way. she's like a mini Hannibal. She's like, I did the best mm-hmm. thing for them. Like, yeah. She played God. Yep. The same way that he plays God. Yep. Uh, and I think it's the fact that she played it, like Amanda Plummer played it so casual mm-hmm. that it's like kind of even more horrific. You're like, <laughs> but we've all known those people. Um, and Bella's scene in Hannibal's office when she's oh, taken. Where she comes page. in and she's taken. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Now I, um, I ended up looking up what the the coin that she gives him mm-hmm. the kokawa i think it's pronounced mm-hmm. it's a 
a symbol of France and of a re- revolution and freedom, but it's tying into the whole discussion where um, Socrates, when he killed himself, had a rooster sacrificed to the god of medicine mm. to pay his debt. And I was like, God, I love the writing. For this. <laughs> um, it's the Gallic rooster. And I'm actually going to link. There was a cool... Um, it was like a coin, mm-hmm. like a, a, I think in Gainesville, Florida, like a company that like appraises and buys and sells coins. Mm. And they did a blog essay. The person's like, it was watching Hannibal as it was coming out. It was like, uh-huh. I sat down and watched this really awesome episode of Hannibal. And they talked about this coin. Oh, and wow. here's what it is. And here's what it ties into in the episode. Um, I was like, you go, coin geeky people. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> blog post. Um. I also, I mean, I thought about she's tying into the paying the debt like Socrates, but it also made me think about paying the ferryman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it then made me think later in this in the show to Hannibal talking to Dollaride after oh, when he's like, "Oh, I'm." He's talking. He's like, I'm glad to see you didn't. Oh, take, take the suicide. Yeah, yeah take the easy way take or whatever. Way yeah. Out. Like, yeah, that you created this whole world. And I love that speech so yes. much. And it's the thing where I'm like, part of its ego, Hannibal thinks he's the only person who should be able to like mm-hmm. make this decision. Mm-hmm. And um, I think also he thinks it's kind of a, uh, for as much as he can hate people, I think Hannibal finds them really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, And... I think there's a little personal motive. Like, I don't think he wants to see Bella to go because he likes her. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that whole line in the books that he says to Clarice about the world is more interesting with you in it, which could totally apply to him and Bella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think some of his like, he wants to be able to make that decision, but he's, there is like a, it's like he's playing these two emotions at the same time, which is amazing, which was like this kind of like pissed off, like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's also like, I'm really sad that you're doing this. I think he also, in a way, like, I think he's, like I said, I think he's feeling bad for Jack because he's like, you're denying Jack his goodbye. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's like, no, you can't go yet because this, like, because of, like, he, I think he kind of wants Jack to suffer. Mm. And, you know, she's like, I don't want him to see me sick mm-hmm. and terrible. And he's like, Jack deserves that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's like, I think it's like all these fine lines that he's walking at the same time. I thought it was really good. And I think that he played like, that's plays it really. Yeah. He shows all of it without yeah. really showing anything at oh the my same God. time. I was thinking about that because this weekend he's a, uh, San Diego Comic Con and people are posting a lot of photos and thank you for that. Um, but his interviews on stage, he's got like all these goofy, ridiculous photos of his uh-huh. facial expressions and stuff. I'm like, none of that, none of that happens when he's acting. Mm-hmm. Like, he, uh, yeah. I mean, he's such a goofball in person and he's so restrained and just like has this beautiful performance as Hannibal on the flip side of it. I think that's also like I like that because it taps into my idea of sometimes like the things you do you do them because it's different than you. Mm, like mm-hmm. when we like with our dance stuff. Yeah. 
I've even talked about like with costuming and things. I'm like, well, I don't want to wear costumes that are super similar to what I wear every day mm-hmm. because I wear that every day. Right. I want to be outside of that. Yeah. So you don't necessarily want to be like, if you're a really effusive person, be like that in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also seen, like, I think it's kind of his acting philosophy. He's t- too. He's like, why be overt when you can be yeah. subtle and make it all happen? I am all about that. Sorry. I thought I heard something behind me. <laughs> um, and then... No, Bev. <laughs> no, don't go in the murder basement. I have, I have things that say no, Bev, and then I have we we cut to the scene in the um, hospital. Oh, yes, and when, God, when she falls off and slaps Bam. him, I was like, that's. I was like, that woman just channeled all the energy she has for the next like week into mm-hmm. that slap. That's a great and slap. He just took it. Yep. <laughs> like like a, I don't know what, but he took it. Um, that was a fabulous slap. Did did she actually hit him too? Yes. Yeah. Several times apparently. <laughs> like a couple takes. She's he'd probably annoyed her at some point during the production. She's like, oh, fuck. he's probably goofing around and pissing her off. Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna nail him. I'm gonna take him out. Nail him. Um and talking back to what I said, I said, would he hurt Bella to hurt Jack mm. more? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. Like well, but also, um, I mean, I think when he flipped the coin, he was ready for either option to happen, like truly. Um, but now that this option happened, there's also the fact that Jack is indebted to him mm-hmm. and thinks that oh, they're yeah. on the same side. And Well, I've wondered if like he actually had made a bet with himself when he tossed it, mm. if he would have just done what he... No, I think he would have. Anyway. I mean, I really think... Um, there's that I want to see what happens curiosity part to him, mm-hmm. um, you know, no matter the consequences. Like, you know, later on in season three, when he's like dealing with his breakup with Will and it's like, I- I'm just going to have to eat him. <laughs> you know, like, sucks, but this is just what we're going to have to do. <laughs> wrong. You picked the wrong decision. And my next note says, all caps, don't go in the murder basement, Bev. Come on, Bev. Haven't you listened to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Um, well, and that's the, I mean, why do people do stuff plot? But she got the meat out of the freezer, right? The back freezer where the people meet. The, the special is. freezer. Special freezer. And then... Like, so she tips over the wine and she can tell it's dripping into the basement. And she's <laughs> like, what's this cheesy thing? Which, which I'm also like, like well, really? yeah, like, why wouldn't he have a basement? <laughs> and why would you suddenly think this is a big It was a hidden deal? basement. But she finds the door. She goes down a set of stairs. Yeah, but it's under floorboards. It's a it's a false uh, floorboard Is thing. it a trap thing? Because it shows her going through like a regular door from the other angle. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if there was a door in the wall or what, but it's also the thing where I'm like, no, you have got enough. I mean, that when you find your shit, you get out, out. Yep. Take that meat and get the hell out of there. She's overconfident <laughs> is the problem. Well, I mean, I don't Take know what that she was, candy and run. I don't know what she thought she was going to do because she's there without a warrant. Oh yeah. Nothing she's doing is legal. She broke, she's breaking and entering. 
Whatever. It's Hannibal. Because this is the whole thing that comes up in season three. No, sorry. End of season two. When Katie Prunell is like, there, this is entrapment. Like suddenly, suddenly the law applies right. later in the All season. All of a sudden, end of season two, she's like, um, you guys, like, did you even go to police school? Because you all suck. Because yeah. at this point, Bev's like, sure, I'll go sneak around his house and see what I can find. Yeah. I don't have a warrant or anything. Do you so, even FBI? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. And that's, sorry, go back to the dramas. There's a lot of cops or like prosecutors and stuff. And I'm like watching it being like, none of these people are cops or lawyers. Yeah. They're just parroting back whatever the writers decide just it should stop. sound like this week. <laughs> Um, but the, yeah, and the thing where I like, Will's like, go see what you can find. I'm like, she's going to take this and be like, here's some evidence. And they're like, it's people. And she's like, okay, now you can get a warrant. Except you, I don't think you can get a warrant for stuff that was like. Based on stuff you stole out of somebody's house. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. (sighs) If you were like at their house as a guest and we're going through the freezer, I think maybe and took something out. Took it. Maybe. But she should have left gone back to dinner one night and taken some mm-hmm. which was yeah, like jack's plan later on like steal some food and take it back to the lab do you think bev ever would have gotten an invite no yeah i did read a really great short fic where her and hannibal hook up just like an evening oh, thing i it's read that one too. hilarious yeah mm-hmm. i love that one I like her. She was. She's like. She thought about like gra- like patting his butt and then decided against it. And I was like, see, that's the Bev that should have been thinking the whole time. Not this. Let me break it. And her release at the hospital. Yeah. Um. I did say that. Um. Hannibal has the fanciest basement in Baltimore. So fancy. And yeah, I mean that end scene is just really chilling when you see him in the back. Oh like, god. And now that I know to look for it, you can see him before she hits the lights. Yes. Yeah, you can see him, like, waiting in the darkness. And then you just see him there, and you're like, oh, shit. Yes. Mm. Anytime. It reminds me one time of going to Adam and Meredith's for a Halloween thing, and mm-hmm. they had sheets of plastic partitioning off parts of their basement, mm-hmm. which was not as fancy. But still, you're like, oh, <laughs> this is real creepy. <laughs> and... The particularly that lunge that he does to hit the lights mm-hmm. before he bolts. I was like, that is such a like beautiful and concise piece of action. Yes. I think you can really see his dancer training. Yeah. And there's like no wasted movement. <laughs> it's beautiful. We're, we're like, great extension. <laughs> it was great extension. What a beautiful dancer. Yes. But that is hard to like go one way it and is. go back in the other it, Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's definitely like professional dancer shit happening yeah. there. Yes. Yep. Which I can't remember what it was, but somebody had done something in, to a gif of that flamenco-ish athletic dance piece where he does the, like the handspring to the splits or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I know. I don't even know how people do that. No. I don't know how people do any fancy sports stuff. Or, you know, I'm I'm lazy. Um, and then, I mean, this is all, I think, meant to echo the Silence of the Lambs scene, oh, the basement yeah. scene. Yeah. So it's, I have like a more visceral emotional reaction to it than you get for screen time because mm-hmm. it reminds me of that whole like mm-hmm. trapped in the basement right. feeling. Right. Yeah. 
with Cl- Clarice, like, who's like the girl she's screaming at, like, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. He goes like, fuck you, fuck you, bitch, get me out of here. <laughs> I love that scene. At that point, I would have been like, you're just staying. <laughs> you just stay down in that pit and think about what you just said. <laughs> I always thought about it from, like, being the girl in the pit. I'd be the t- same way. I'd be like, no, no get me up here right now. <laughs> but, I mean, if somebody was like, shut up or he's going to yeah, find us. No, I know. He might be like, okay. I mean, she was pretty resourceful. It seems like she, that person did more than any of the other people who'd been yeah. caught. Yeah. The whole thing with, with Precious. The dog, yeah. Yep. Take the dog out. I just thought of that meme, which was the like movie theater poster about the dog. It was like one little dog with like a a big big dreams or something precious. They made it just look like it was gonna be some sort of like movie about the dog. That's hysterical. There's more about the dog in the book. Um Don't they kind of give the dog's perspective? Yeah. Being there? I think they do for a bit. Ah, hmm. Maybe that was my, was Brian's whole end the entire <laughs> oeuvre was be like dogs, dogs. I like dogs. So yes, this is like a traumatic episode. I mean, there's a lot. They dump a lot on you. It was very traumatic. I did realize I was like, there's something that feels uh incomplete about this episode to me, and then I realized it's because Will and Hannibal Humble. have no interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, but there's so much about them in it. Oh, yeah. And about their, like, they're moving through other people. Yeah. And, um, and it was a good integration of the killer of the week, mm-hmm. who's not really even a killer of the week, is a bad acupuncturist. Lobotomizer acupuncturist of the week. Um, I mean, I could totally understand what she was like. You know, this guy, his arthritis was bad and he was, and the way he just complained and everything. I'm like, I could see kind of why you'd want to do that to somebody. <laughs> just let him drift through the world. Mm-hmm. I don't think you usually take people's eyeballs out when you do a lobotomy <laughs> on them, but. That's her artistic license. Yeah. Just take his eyeballs out. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, how would they have figured out he'd been lobotomized? Yeah. Oh. So, A plus plus. I guess after. No, Will's still in jail. Mm-hmm. Does he get out in the next episode? Ooh, I don't remember. No. Uh, well, it's the next episode with, um, what's his name? Oh, Matthew Brown. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. That, mm. That's the next one, though, I think. Yeah. Matthew Brown and his, like, 12-pack. <laughs> it's just weird. Way yeah. too many muscles. Yeah. Like, I just didn't find it weird. <laughs> I think it's because he's so tall and slender. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll investigate and discuss at the, on the next episode. Which I hope that actor, I hope they have him in season two of American he Gods. So good. So good for the five minutes he was in yeah, season one. He was. <sighs> okay. So um, I have a recommendation for this week. Even though I didn't finish reading it, um, I was reading Michael Twitty's The Cooking Gene. He is, I'm going to just read right off of his website because it says it better than I could. He's a food writer, independent scholar, culinary 
culinary historian and a historical interpreter personally charged with preparing, preserving, and promoting African-American foodways and its parent traditions in Africa and her diaspora and its legacy and the food culture of the American South. Mm, He's brilliant. He is brilliant. I discovered him through Gardening Gun, the whitest magazine in the world. (laughs) Garden and Gun. Garden and Gun. My parents get it. They give us our leftover <laughs> magazines. They go in the bathroom. Um, it's the soul of the New South. Okay. It's getting less white, That's but good. it's still real white. Yeah. And you tend to see, I think it fetishizes people of color a little bit mm. as the like, this is the real authentic South is when you go to somebody's soul food restaurant mm. off a back road in the small town uh-huh. in South Carolina. And I'm like, please, yeah. like, um, but they have written about him mm-hmm. uh, and he does a lot of, I mean, speaking and writing and demo demos about food and, um, so he is a black man and he's gay and he's Jewish. And so he writes at all these intersections. Mm. Um, and he actually grew up in Silver Spring and still lives in the DC area. So I'm hoping one day, I think he's going to be at like a book festival at Frederick or something. He did. He, he went and cooked. He did an event at Dovecote Cafe. Oh, um, like two months ago, but I found out about it afterwards. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's really brilliant. I saw him first on some PBS show, um, where he was talking about, I guess it was about like reenactor stuff and they mm-hmm. had him on talking about the food and everything. But yeah. The, the book is about the African American diaspora mm-hmm. and, um, foodways and also, um, like his own going through his own family history. Like, he does some very, like, rigorous DNA testing mm. and combining it with um, uh, family tree stuff that people have been doing and talking about the impact of that for uh, African-American people in America and also uh, within the framework of many people having white ancestors and how that, you know, impacts things and also it's really good and his writing style is very poetic are there recipes in it or it's all yes not a ton okay. uh, maybe there's more later i actually had to take it i'd renewed it a couple times and i had to take it back because i'd maxed them out and i wasn't reading it fast enough so i got halfway through i have to recheck it out um but i would i would recommend it if people like to read a- at any of those kind of any topics that mm-hmm. it crosses it's really really good um and so i hope yeah I should actually get cool. on, like get his updates. Yeah, so I want to read see it. When he comes around. Yeah. So that was my recommendation for today. I don't have one for today. That's okay. <sighs> I'm trying to think if I have anything else good. I've just been really. I've been reading books and watching lots of Korean dramas. I did stay up late That's last solid. night watching this guy make uh, food in Japan with his mm. cat. So if anybody hasn't seen that YouTube channel. <laughs> We'll link to it. It's amazing. I'm just amazed at the cats. I mean, I'm amazed at his culinary <laughs> abilities, but I'm amazed at his cats just sit there because mine yeah. would just be all over the counter. Well, he he said he's got, he has three cats. Two of them, the two cute orange ones, sit at stools on his counter and watch him cook amazing Japanese food. And then he's got a third cat. A bad cat. A bad cat. Um uh who can't be part of the show <laughs> but they have an extra uh epi- episode about him which is really funny because he's climbing into the um 
trash cans. <laughs> they have these like uh, doors on them, and they're really long trash cans. And like, and the cat is just like in there, and they have to put child locks on all the doors. Uh. The cat's like, and he gets stuck behind the refrigerator. He's just a mess of a cat. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm familiar with that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a great show. I should watch more cat stuff on YouTube. <laughs> I know. And I've been trying to like not be, I feel like after our trip mm-hmm. and then getting over jet lag and then getting a cold or whatever mm-hmm. and then daylight savings mm-hmm. and then prepping to go to Art of the Belly, mm-hmm. which is a belly dance festival I went to. Um, It was like literally like last week I was like, okay. My life is back on track yeah. after being gone in February. Yeah. Like, I really felt like finally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I cannot just come home and watch a lot of TV. And <laughs> also, whoa, haven't done my taxes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of catching up to do work too. Like, I had a lot to catch up on. So, yeah. so yeah. it was felt like getting prepped for this. I was doing our show notes this morning and I was like, I've been really, I've actually, you know, thanks to you, been on Twitter more um, and less on Tumblr. I can't apparently do both. I have to do one or the other. Mm. Um, and I was actually, well, with Twitter, I was following all the Fanable Fest updates mm-hmm. too. I mean, like another goal, another goal. It's another exciting. Goal. I am so excited about October. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah. And just going just for that. So, I mean, I loved our trip, but then being able to just give all my energy mm-hmm. to being a Fanable Fest and not like coming there at the tail end, like tired. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> I know now I'm just waiting for the tours to get announced so i can figure out if i want one of them or both of them oh my god or, I, know. Um, I think i definitely want to go to whatever one the will graham house is yes. on i think that's going to be my deciding so. factor i bet if they can do it i wonder if they'll split like i feel like that house mm-hmm. and the cliff house mm-hmm. are the two big and i yeah. wonder if they'll split them between the two days i don't know um so, yeah, I already put in for it at work. When I got my ticket, <laughs> I put in for it. Um, I'll just add some days. Yeah. And uh, um, it was just fun. Like, oh, I mean, we got our tickets. I think we did gold tickets, but not with the goodie bags. Right. Um, and I was like, not like I needed it because all these stretch goals. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. There's still so going to be stuff. so much stuff. Even like, um, though I didn't pick up a ton of swag at, at Red Dragon Con, I still was like sorting through all the stuff i came yeah. home with and i have a lot it's to, a lot um so because people are super creative and awesome mm-hmm. and we really appreciate it um <clears throat> but yeah i think i was in it for the uh well the confections and the cheese board <laughs> so yes. what are the um what are the full body dress-ups outfit things you said i'm gonna have to wear one of them or what was it oh the, how's that pronounced the Kigur, uh, you're asking me how to pronounce it um the kigger kigger roomies anyway yeah they're like the zip up uh full body pajama is, thing i was explaining onesies. them to justin he's like what are they i'm like you know when people wear a full body suit that makes them look like a panda and he's yeah. like a furry i'm like no <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> It's like a full body hoodie and a character. And I was like, well, there's apparently a toothless one. There's a toothless and one. Because I was looking through them. I was like, oh, I found Amy's. <laughs> Somebody was saying on Twitter they're going to get the, um, there's like a yellow dog one and they're going to be applesauce. Oh. 
Well, and if anybody wants to go with this, because I didn't see that. I'm sure there's sites that have raccoon ones. Yes. But I suggested to Jen that somebody needs to do the um, Cuddle Husbands <laughs> AU from Cannibals and do Nigel and Adam and yes. Nigel and his shirt and Adam maybe like a NASA shirt or a space helmet or something, but it raccoons. Needs to happen. And that's when I talk about how what's more delightful, the thing we're into or the things that are the spinoff of the things that we're into. That's like a three or four times spinoff. And like, if anybody I think like heard us talking about that, they would have in no way any idea that it ties back to Hannibal. Oh, I know. I w- Yeah, I can't even remember. I was trying to explain to somebody like last week something like some spinoff thing came up and I wanted to say something and then I realized it would take too long for me to explain where it came from to even bring it up. So I was like, I'm not. Were you trying to explain like at practice when you were talking about I think problem? so. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I saw the Hannah Penguin dressed as a Playboy bunny for Easter. <laughs> I was like, serving Orlitans. Yes. I'm like, how do you even... I'm trying like there's this person and they do a comic and it's all Hannibal people's animals. And Hannibal's a penguin because he's a penguin because <laughs> of the ducks. ducks and then there's thing. people have whole other things where they're pandas and red pandas. And red- <laughs> You're like, yeah, I don't know. You lost me. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's some sort of like sociological phenomena that explains what it is with all that ink yeah stuff. well i mean if they never give us a season four it's just gonna get stranger yeah <laughs> that is like a quote <laughs> you need to basically send send it to be like do you want us to get stranger because we're gonna get stranger if we don't get another it's already season. gotten really weird it's gonna get a lot weirder yeah. <laughs> that's that's the threat we're we'll make it come true yeah but yeah, so we'll be dressed up in something mm-hmm. at Fanimal Fest, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, weirdo belly dance costumes or animal onesies or smoking jackets and silk yeah. pajamas. Yep. We already have multiple smoking jackets. Hands are afoot. Hmm. I know. Tickets to be bought for yeah. airplanes at some point. Ugh. People have already bought them. Really? Some people have already got their flights. Cool. And I think they actually, depending on the carrier, you can do like discount. They have discount codes with some of the carriers. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So if we don't want to drive. Oh, no, I'm all about flying. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, now that Brooke's coming, if it was the three of us and Justin on a road trip, it'd be pretty awesome. She got a sweet new car. We'll be like, Brooke, you're driving. We'll pay tolls. (laughs) We'll have to talk. Yeah. To think about it. So until then, you can visit us, Headful of Hannibal, at headfulofhannibal.com. Headful of Hannibal on Tumblr and Instagram, and Headful of Hanny on Twitter. You can call us at 302-404-HEAD to ask questions, leave comments, or to commiserate over Bev. Or mm. Oh, yeah. We got a call, but what? it was a butt dial. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. It was somebody butt dialed us, but we we don't think it was on, you know. Aww, th- it was just random. Yeah. Aww. Justin thought about calling them back and asking them <laughs> questions and offering them prizes. No, just interviewing them. Oh, just interviewing them. We refrained. And if you listen to us on iTunes or another uh, podcast platform, please leave us a rating so people can find out about us. So thanks for joining us for our episode 23, Takio Ase. Sounds good to me. Yep. And 
Now that we know what is in the murder basement, Jen, just talk. Get a search warrant instead. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Go in there with a SWAT team because we want you to stick around. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) 